This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. All right, welcome back. It's 203 here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for tuning in. National Signing Day. Man. Alabama. Oregon. Those are two that have come to the top of uh, the old list today. I've seen Auburn actually sneak in and uh, take a few. You know who I've seen take significant L's today so far? Florida. Ohio State. I've seen several flips on the old Buckeyes, which will not set well considering that Ryan Day essentially said, we need $13 million each year to keep this class together. My favorite thing is watching UCF steal a four-star defensive end from Florida. That that might be my favorite thing so far. Good job, Gus. Well, sometimes Big 12 looms large. I forgot. Also doesn't help when you are l- losing and not even showing up for the Las Vegas Bowl. It's not good, buddy. It doesn't help if you're making the Las Vegas Bowl. Not good at all. <laughs> all right, let's set up the Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline and welcome in the beat writers for the Oklahoma Sooners, Eli Letterman, joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. What's going on, Eli? How are you today? Hi, how are you? It's just signing day, man. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's everything you just laid out. It's just craziness all over the country. We got flips here and there. The recruiting wars in Florida um, have been crazy. I think dating back, you know, all fall, but down today and you're seeing flips everywhere this is well i wouldn't say it's what we live for if i told you i'd live for this <laughs> i'd want hubbard to i don't know man but uh it's an exciting day as always and and i i don't know this year feels maybe a bit more old school like some of those recruiting days at signing days back you know, you'd see kids flip or they were real surprises so it's been fun so uh, before we get into the big one today, right, that impacted Oklahoma and Peyton Bowen on that, it seems like that the class, I know they're they're waiting potentially on, on another one, right, at 3 o'clock, the linebacker from Hawaii that's going to make his announcement. Yep. But outside of that, outside of that, the class went exactly the way that everyone thought that it was going to go. There really weren't a whole lot of, other surprises outside of Peyton Bowen, which we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of probably having something to do with Peyton Bowen. There's some some perspective to be had here because the fact is, while other big programs across the country in the last week, the last few weeks, even today, saw little bits and pieces of their signing class picked off, the Sooners held strong. I mean, they they brought in uh, a really impressive class. They held on to their big guys. It's the end of the day, and, and Jackson Arnold and PJ Adebowale are still coming to OU, and so are a bunch of four stars. And and this is a program that went six and six this fall. They they have you know in years past we've seen programs do what the Sooners did this year and then lose a really impressive class. So Peyton Bowen is going to have a lot of people upset, and we can talk about him. But the fact is, the Sooners held on to a really impressive class. I mean, they've got the eighth as things stand, the eighth class in the country. Uh, in a year where they played 500 football, 
Um, and, and that's a testament, I think, to this coaching staff, to their recruitment and everything I heard out kind of on the road, talking to different coaches and recruits, is, is they recruited well. That was the – if you want to criticize anything on the field this year, you can't, but they've recruited exceptionally well. Uh, they've established their roots of the coaching staff in, in recruitment, and, and it shows today when, when they're delivering a class like this that, that ultimately didn't get picked apart like some others did. Well, it's two years in a row – uh, now that Oklahoma has finished strong on the recruiting trail and last year, you know, to keep the class together and even add to it the way that they did was was impressive. So everyone's waiting to see the fruits of the labor of a full year being on site for Venables and the staff. And quite frankly, with the record and it and at one point, Eli, I mean, all of us were asking questions about oh my gosh, Oklahoma hasn't had a season like this since 1998. What is this going to do in the land of recruiting for everyone? Like everyone's panicking at, at a certain point, and now we get to here to this early signing day, and for them to land a top 10 class with what we saw on the field, I mean, truly speaks to the plan that was put in place by Brent Venables and the staff, and they never deviated from that plan at all. It's the reason why they're sitting here right now, at least with a top 10 class. You're exactly right, the, and, and some of the concern was reasonable because what we were seeing and kind of hearing all fall was, well, what they're doing is not working, at least in part, that was some of the conventional wisdom, that the players are not the right players and that they're going to need to bring in their own guys and, and recruit and build this foundation and all of that. And if that had gone on and then they had fallen apart here in recruiting, then what do you have? Uh, and, and so that is you know, another reason. You know, building this foundation, which is what Brent Venables talked about today in Norman, is so critical, and it starts right here. It starts on, a, on the early signing. The day that early signing period opens with, with securing a class like this one that has, as, as Brent Venables put it, a foundational player in Jackson Arnold that has some really intriguing players on, on both sides of the ball. I'd say the defense, even without Peyton Bowen, he would have been – uh, with a Christmas pun for you, the bow on, on the class. You like that? What do you think? I now? do, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll allow that this close to Christmas. <laughs> I do have my own point. But he would have been, you know, the, the, the crown jewel to go with Jackson Arnold. But nonetheless, Brent Venables, who is supposed to bring in and establish this defense, brought in a really impressive defensive class. Uh, whether it's you're looking at the top with P.J. Adeboire, with some of the four-star guys, and then the guys they got late, they've talked about, the fact that, you know, they're they're not always, and every coaching staff will say this, they're not always looking at the star ratings, but you can see whether it's with Taylor Wine or Marcus Strong, who's the, the one real addition they picked up today, that they found guys that they probably think are, are diamonds in the rough, and maybe those are some risks, maybe they're guys who, you know, some will get to campus and they'll take off like they hope and others won't, but they, they top to bottom, whether you look at the star ratings or not, they brought in guys on defense who look – like they can be fit. There's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of what you would look for in the prototypical guys on a Brent Venables defense. And again, I think that's got to be as encouraging as, you know, where this class ranks nationally right now. Uh, Eli Letterman is our guest joining us here via the Oklahoma Ford dealers hotline. Eli, what I, the day is complicated enough, I think, for, for so many people, but now we've had the name, image, and likeness add more complications on top of this, and more than anything, it just adds more speculation to everyone. But I did hear that that Venables, and I haven't had a chance to listen to the entire thing yet, but a question was asked about the role that collectives and NIL plays 
not just in this class, but what they want to do moving forward. What was his response? Because there's so many accusations that are thrown out there without having any actual factual information for them. I mean, heaven forbid, um, you know, you just throw out accusations on this. But what was Venable's approach when asked about how it played a role in what they're doing in Norman? Yeah, I mean, he. you can hear a lot of coaches talking about NIL in a lot of different spaces right now. And I think um, to bring that on benefit, he, he mostly sidestepped today and didn't step in it because I think whether you're talking about the portal or recruiting, it, it can really only serve to hurt you. Uh, and, and when you're hearing some coaches, uh, did you catch the Davo quote just now? I did. Saying they built their program in, in God's NIL. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one thing. But, I, you know, I think there are coaches that are, are levying some – and, and maybe rightly some of them, you know, some accusations about what their kids are being offered or their kids getting recruited. But I don't know that it serves anyone like Brent Venables to, to say things like that. And for him, you know, today he, he always, they talk about the blue collar mindset and the guys they're looking for are not necessarily the ones that are, are chasing a big NIL deal. He, he talked about um, the, the guys who are valuing the opportunity to be there, who want to come there and grow. And, and, and that all fits into their culture. And, uh, you know, he'd be naive and he isn't uh, to, to suggest that NIL is not a factor or something that OU needs to be up on if they're going to compete uh, in 2023 in a couple of years when they're in the SEC. But, you know, he, his focus was on the fact that the guys they brought in are, are, are the right guys. And again, if we're giving this staff and Brent Venables the benefit of the doubt and some time to establish things here and to bring in, quote unquote, the right guys, the guys they think are the right ones, um, that's what they're going to stick with. They're going to stick with, with the idea that they're bringing in this, this blue-collar mindset that fits the culture they're trying to establish. So on NIL of the day, he mostly sidestepped it, and I don't think that's a surprise if, if you've been around Brent this year, uh, but that was kind of his approach to it. By the way, uh, Dabo saying that, I, it might have been Bunky that said this or someone on Twitter, uh, Dabo saying that in front of the Lending Tree logo was hilarious, right? Just the uh, oh, just, just yep. the purposes in front Check of that lit, Lending Tree uh, sponsor as you're as you're really trying to sell that as part of the program just makes it that much better. Uh, through some of the comments <laughs> through the class, and I know that the the coordinators uh, had an element in this to, today as well. Outside of Jackson Arnold, who seemed to be getting most of the run today? Uh, potentially for this class that was set in uh, in place here for Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, offensively, they're certainly high on Jaquez Petaway and, and Keon Brown, the two receivers in this class. Um, they're both going to be just outside guys, I'm sure. Maybe, in, I'm not making a comparison, but in the way that a lot of people were clamoring for Jaden Gibson uh, at times this fall, the big-time freshman receiver who really looks the part. People will be clamoring for those two next year because they, they, they too, look the part. Uh, and bring a lot of talent, but you know, offensively, Caden Green, the the, the four-star offensive tackle from from Lee Summit in just outside Kansas City, he might be the guy on offense. Uh, let's take Jackson Arnold out of it, and and his we'll, we'll talk plenty about him. Caden Green might be the one in this class who can who can make the earliest impact because he he has all the tools. He's tough. He's he's there physically, so he's going to be really exciting to watch. And then defensively, as I, I ran through it. There's a lot of really intriguing guys and versatile guys and, and people who I think they're going to at least try to get, you know, into the mix. Uh, Peyton Bowen probably would have been somebody who, if he commits, maybe in the same way that, uh, that Billy Bowman did. But uh, I look at that secondary. I look at Makari Vickers, the four-star safety from Florida. Uh, they're really excited about Sam Omasigo, who's the, the linebacker from Texas. He, he might 
in the way that the Jaron Tannick or we're going to see Kobe McKenzie and Chip Lewis probably play later this month. He might be the, the freshman linebacker who gets a shot uh, next next fall and just to, to show himself. And they like Lewis Carter too. Uh, so the, uh, to me, what's as intriguing beyond Jackson Arnold is, is on the defense and, and the number of guys they brought in who are athletic, who are versatile, who can play multiple spots. And, and again, that all ties back into what the staff has said about bringing in the right guys for them. Well, and it doesn't hurt as well when you bring in what your first five-star on defense since 2016 when Caleb Kelly. I mean, there's there's a ton of hype around PJ uh, with what he can what he can bring to the table, but that's I think the caliber of players that most Sooner fans were expecting uh, with a signing class like this. And, uh, boy, they had a lot of praise for him, talking about just natural instincts, an explosive player. Um, they, I mean, at 230 pounds, I mean, I can't even imagine what this kid is going to look like after a year under, under Schmidt. Uh, but that's the type and level of talent that has long been missing from the Oklahoma defense, let alone the defensive line. You're exactly right, and I think I just glossed over over him talking about who could make an impact because he'd probably be my pick actually on the defensive side of the ball because uh, of the fit, because of what he brings. They were talking today about his wingspan, his size. He kind of has it all, and I'm, to your point, they're going to have to put some weight on him, and he'll develop and all that. But you could some of that is just natural talent at that edge spot. Uh, I saw it uh, not this past season, but two two seasons ago, Colin Oliver in in Stillwater. Mm, that, yeah. If a, a young, I don't, know, I don't want to put that comparison on, on PJ, but the fact is, if, if he comes in and he has that that it factor at the edge spot, he might not be an every down guy. He might not fit into every package of theirs. But if you can get after the quarterback, you can get after the quarterback, and he certainly has some of those skills. Brent uh, Venables today mentioned his brother, who's at Northwestern, maybe getting pro looks uh, in the in the spring next year. PJ Adebayor is, is probably the guy, as you said. He's a, they don't they haven't been getting five star defenders like this, uh, and and if they can start doing that and, and stacking classes in that way, that is that pathway towards Brent Venables having a defense that looks like a Brent Venables defense, and it starts with guys like PJ. Has Venables openly talked about the specific breakdown of the number of scholarships? Like so, today it was what it was fourteen defensive players and ten offensive players. Um, is that on purpose to try to rebuild what they're doing right now or at least what Venables wants to accomplish on the defensive side? Are they holding more for that side of the ball than, say, they are on the offensive side? Yeah, he hasn't gotten into the specifics on that. Ted Roof really briefly today talked about the allotments, but that more had to do with you know some of the athletes they brought in, guys who were who could really play both sides of the ball and making some of those decisions. But it, it's hard to, to ignore, to your point. 14 and 10, and, and they've got a defense to rebuild. I think they know this offense can get there uh, with, with the right talented guys, but they didn't bring in five wide receivers today. Uh, they brought in two, and they've got two running backs. And, and it, I think it, it shows in there, but I, I think the other element that is just an unknown, maybe even for some of these stats as far as numbers and allotments go, the lack of scholarship limits, the way the portal's going, uh, I, I think is, is making it having any kind of set rigorous number there is just so difficult because you don't know who's going to come into your office, you know, after the regular season finale and tell you they're leaving. Can't be sure exactly who's coming or going in terms of the pros. Uh, and, and even as we're seeing with these signing classes, you could have, uh, you know, had your allotment right in terms of who you were going to sign. Maybe you're Ryan Day at Ohio State today uh, and you see some changes come. 
so I, I think that stuff has never been more fluid. But you're exactly right that they they weighted it this time around to the defense. And I think they're going to have to do that at least for another class or two to, to, to get this where they'd like to be. And, uh, you know, they're still going to be active here in the portal, right? Still got a lot of uh, potential that's that's left uh, for them to add even more new faces uh, to what they're doing there in Norman. And that's going to be a, an ongoing process for them. Uh, done a pretty good job so far, but uh, still a lot of work to go. Yeah, they've been successful, and they've they've addressed some needs. But like Brent Venable said today, he said they could add upwards of you know give or take ten guys between now and and kind of the start of of spring classes, and they're going to have to address things everywhere. They don't have a, a singular position to hit. They've got to hit them all, and and so we're going to see them be and remain, I think, quite active in in the portal. When do you uh, leave to take in lovely Orlando at this time of year? First thing, December 26th, real early okay. flight. All right. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> at least you get to uh, spend Christmas here, um, traditional Christmas, before then you uh, head off uh, to Orlando. Uh, appreciate all the work, man. I know uh, today is one of those days that's crazy, and I can't thank you enough for finding a few moments to come on with us here uh, in Tulsa. Um as you always do, man. Have a great Christmas, Eli. I still have your brown drink. I'm going to get it to you at some point. I promise. It's it's underneath my shelf. That, it's it's been taken care <laughs> of. It's being taken care of. It might have a little dust on it. You might have to blow it off the side of the bottle uh, when I give it to you. But uh, man, I can't thank you enough, man. You're uh, one of the best young writers that exist here in this region, and I always thank you for the time that you give us. Hey, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys for having me on. It's it's always a pleasure. So if you you both, you and Hubbard, uh, have a, a fantastic holiday and all that. Watch either of you in Orlando. You will not see me because next week is my off week, and I am uh, yeah, uh, the last like thing you. that I want to do is think about anything <laughs> radio related or this building related. I'll be watching. There I'll be go. watching, but I'm not doing anything as far as heavy lifting. Nobody's told me, so I don't think I'm going. As one that uh, signs off on the budget, Hubbard will not be going to Orlando. <laughs> Hubbard, if you want to hop in my carry-on, you may. Yes. We could, we, could, we could squeeze you in. All right. I'm a I'd, service dog. I love to see that happen. Yes, if you could get him one of those little service dog vests and walk him around on a leash in the airport, that'd be spectacular as well. Eli, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it, man. Merry Christmas, guys. Have a good one. You as well. That's Eli Letterman joining us here via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline on the Blitz 1170. 24 recruits in and still waiting potentially on one more for Oklahoma. That is a linebacker out of Hawaii. All right, time out because I need another cough fit. We'll come back with more next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.